This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So we're in the midst of miracles and crowds of people, as we've seen, are following Jesus wherever he goes, looking to see the next miracle or perhaps uh, to see um, or hear him preach, to see him teach. But of course, there were also those, as we've heard in the last few weeks, that there were also those that wanted to trip him up, those that wanted to accuse him, those that wanted to see him do something that they would deem as wrong. And and I wonder whether you've thought about this, but... um, Time hasn't really changed, has it? People are exactly the same. Now, what happens is nowadays is we don't follow people as in we walk behind them. We now follow them behind a screen, don't we? Which means that I can sit in the comfort of my own home and I can follow such and such. And such and such has so many different followers. um, And when they say something, people either listen, people either have a disagreement, Or people are just keen to trip that person up, to try and destroy that person. Nothing's really changed, has it? It's just now we have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms are available, just in case I didn't cover them all. But in our story today, Jesus, as it would seem, is just out on a walk on the Sabbath uh, with his disciples, with his friends, And also, because he is Jesus and his teaching, his ministry is gathering momentum, there are people following, looking to hear or to see. And the Sabbath, as we understand from what the Word of God tells us, is a day of rest in the Jewish calendar. But like all the laws with the Jews, they seem to take it to its absolute, uttermost extreme. Uh, The Lord says in Exodus uh, chapter 20 and verse 8 through 11, If you've got your Bibles, it says this, verse 8 through 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your maidservant or manservant, nor animals, nor the alien within your gates, for in the six days Lord, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Now, we're here this morning. Our calendar might be a little bit, uh, a little bit different to how it was, but for us, a Sunday is, I guess, the first day of the week. And we spend that time in church. We come and we worship. We come and we remember. We come and give thanks. And we set this day aside to say thank you to God for all that he's done for us, but also just to put him at the forefront of everything. Because, it's, because it is so important, isn't it? Because life does take hold. Uh, and before you know it, it'll soon be Friday again, and you'll not believe where the week's gone. I've just noticed. Did you see that? I went to push my glasses back on. I thought you were fuzzy. Just then, it was like, they've gone. That's with the memory. It's all disappearing. It's terrible. But, you know, for us this morning, we remember by doing what we do as often as we can. And the Lord sets this time aside for us so that we can remember and we can praise him and we can give thanks. Because 
You know, if we didn't do it as regularly and as often as this, we'd forget, wouldn't we? I mean, I put my glasses on every day, yet this morning I've forgotten them, and that's just how it is. We set time aside, and we do that with purpose. But as they're walking through the fields, the disciples are picking off ears of corn on the Sabbath. (gasps) How very dare you. They're picking them off to eat them. Verse 1 and 2 tells us that that's what's happening. And of course, straight away, some of those that are in the crowd, the Pharisees and the teachers, well, they're sort of disappointed that this is happening. They're like, hang on a minute, this cannot be right. How on earth, Jesus, are you allowing? Look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. And you call yourself a teacher, Jesus. You can almost hear him, can't you? You call yourself a teacher. Look at what your followers, remember disciples, adherents, followers of Jesus, adhering to his word, doing what he's telling them to do, living how he's telling them to live. And he answered them. Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He goes on to explain and to tell them to correct their nonsense through verse 4 and 8, essentially telling them um, that the law and keeping it to the extreme isn't going to fix their stone-like hearts. It is not going to fix it. It isn't. And so often in our day-to-day, we sometimes think that if we do this, then that'll make amends for that that we did there. Anybody ever done that? Oh, I've, had a, I've had a good moment this morning, but I, I suppose it only puts right what I did on Friday. It's just me, isn't it? <laughs> the Word tells us that we have hearts that are like stone, that there isn't any love with inside of us outside of Christ, that actually we pray and we ask the Lord to give us a heart of flesh so that we can understand And we can know and we can love as Christ has loved us. And Jesus tells them that this extreme living that they have is not going to fix the stone heart within them. And he says this, verse 6, one greater than the temple is here. You see, they were missing what was right in front of them. They were seeing that their disciples, that Jesus' disciples were taking off the ears of corn. And that for them was enough to sort of have a a, a bit of a go. But they were missing the fact that they were following the very Son of God through a field. How many of us would love that privilege to walk just a few paces behind the man Jesus Christ? How incredible would that be? Yet this morning, we can so easily, much like these were, miss that very fact Jesus has now come, listen and take heed. But of course, that wasn't enough for them, and Jesus knew this. And I wonder whether you've ever thought to yourself within life, whether you've had these coincidences or divine appointments. It's probably a better way to put it. A divine appointment. And here, there's a man who we're about to see who's in the synagogue on the Sabbath, doing what he should be doing, minding his own business, doing as the law tells him. And there he is, just being him. But the Lord knew that he was where he was going to be. And a divine appointment is set up. 
And it allows Jesus to really stop this nonsense at the very root of what these teachers and what these Pharisees were trying to, to put across was the way to live. Jesus walks on to the synagogue, and we see that in verse 9. Going on from that place, he went to their synagogue. And then we see a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Uh, The other Gospels tell us that as Jesus walked in, that he takes the opportunity to approach the man. And we remember, as we understand the Gospels, that it's the same story, but all from a different angle. If you were to explain this to me, you tell me that it's a nice aluminium frame with a base on it. You can perhaps see some of you a bit of paperwork, but where I see it, I see scribble that makes no sense at all. I see the Word of God over here. I see my notes over here. And you're saying, well, you're telling me something completely different. No, I'm explaining the same thing, but it's from a different viewpoint, you see. And that's with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see there that we get some of the stories between the three. And they seem like there are differences, but what it is is from a different angle. And indeed, as well, we think with Luke at a different time as well. So having all that in mind, Jesus brings out this guy who has a shriveled hand. Now, we've thought about these things before. Sometimes Jesus does things that you think on the outset seems quite harsh. There are times when you think, what? Leave the guy alone. (laughs) It's awkward. But he brings him out to make point. Because what Jesus is now going to do is he's going to show these teachers and these Pharisees that actually that there is something bigger at play. This man here with this shriveled hand, he's now surrounded by all of these people and surrounded and too with Jesus with him. And we see then that Jesus calls the man up. And we have to remember that Jesus is here. You remember when we talked about this in the first week and I made mention to it last week, that Jesus is here to help the needy and the lost. He uses miracles to show his power, his authority, and his identity as the very Son of God. And also, he uses miracles to meet a serious human need. Now, as we understand the times, this man here would probably most likely have been unable to work. He can't earn a living. He would be almost an outcast as well, in the sense of any kind of deformity would be frowned upon. And there's a guy now who can't earn a wage. He can't live for himself. He probably would have to beg in order to make any kind of money or any kind to get any kind of food. But Jesus wants to help him. And the important thing is, too, that Jesus knows that he can. Jesus wants to help him, and Jesus knows that he can. But as we see now from the text, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would not help in any way, shape or form because it was the Sabbath. Now, straight away, I have a problem with that. And I would imagine that you would also have an issue with that. You see, Jesus has to sort of go on and say to them, He said to them, verse 11, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will you not take hold of it and lift it out? You see, because that's work, isn't it? I don't know, we'd just leave the sheep to die. Sounds ludicrous, doesn't it? It's not not even a question, is it? And how much more valuable is a man than a sheep? 
Therefore, he says, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? You see how he's turned the situation around to say, look at what you're saying. Your stone-cold hearts are just covering and stopping you from seeing what needs to happen. And my question to us this morning is, how quickly does religion cloud our purpose? That's something for us to think about. Christian, think about that. How quickly can religion cloud our God-given purpose? Because so often we can jump into things doing it because we've always done it. And that's how it's meant to be. It's our tradition. Please don't, if I ever say those words, please come and see me quickly. Mark chapter 12, just have a look at this, verse 28 through 31. Jesus, in a similar scenario, sort of points out what the most important things are for those who want to follow God, who want to live for God, who want to serve a God-given purpose. One of the teachers of the law, again, came and um, heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked him, of all of the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There, are no, uh, there is no commandment greater than these. Love your neighbor as yourself. In other words... If you see a need and can help, do so. If you can see a need and you can do something about that need, then the Bible tells us to help. You remember the early church, as we see in Acts, as the early church was formed, they had everything together, uh, in common and they joined together and lived out this life for Christ. And if somebody was in need, then they provided for that need. And Jesus here is explaining, look, there is a way to live. And it isn't bound up in the law that stops you from loving. There's a way to live and it is not bound up in the law. And we've been doing this as we've gone through our study um, through Romans. Uh, We'll continue in chapter 9 on Wednesday evening if you're available, 7 o'clock. See how I got a plug in there for that? It's impressive. I shouldn't have said anything, should I? It would have been so much better. Never mind. You see, we can so easily get caught up in the things that we have to do that we miss the things that give us an opportunity to love people. Oh, I can't because it's the Sabbath. Or I I can't this morning help you on the street because I'll be late for church. I can't believe I've said it. Do not let that be your excuse next week, all right? (laughs) Or no, we can't help because really it's not a good time. I've got stuff I need to do. We've all heard about the Good Samaritan, haven't we? We've heard that story, whether it be at school, whether it be in church. It's a story that we've heard over the years and we understand. And back in our story, they see an opportunity then to accuse Jesus. Even though Jesus, in the middle of this, he says in verse 13, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Imagine that moment for that guy. Imagine his entire life. 
occupied by the fact that he can't do what he wants to do. He can't earn his own way. He can't earn his own keep. And he's desperate. And Jesus, in this moment, I I don't think that this guy went to uh, the synagogue thinking today's the day that this is going to get sorted. But he went with the expectation and the anticipation that God can do anything. And in his faith, he was adhering to what he'd been called to do. And the man's suffering is ended. He has this healing from Jesus, the very Son of God. And these people here are disgusted. They are absolutely disgusted. How dare you give this man hope and a future? It's ludicrous, isn't it? When you read the story and you start to take it in, it's absolutely ludicrous. How sad is it that they missed the miracle because they were too focused on their religion? They missed the miracle because they were too focused on their religion. Or this, they missed Jesus because their religion got in the way. They missed Jesus because their religion got in the way. I don't need to take that any further. But I do know that as we understand what the Word of God says, that we are to love people. We are to live for Him. We're to give our all to Him. Not this religious nonsense that we see around about us, but rather loving others and loving Christ. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19 and 20. Again, if you've got your Bibles with you, we've gone from Exodus to Revelation. We're not messing about this morning. And Jesus here, um, as he talks to, to John on the island of Patmos, he, he gives him this vision and he understands then. And listen to this in, in uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 19. Says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Isn't that what a good father does? Isn't that what a good father does? That those I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So to be earnest and repent. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, he says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them. And be, and they will be with me. Isn't that interesting? That as Jesus here is talking about the church to John, that he's saying, I stand at the door and I knock. Can I come in? Oh, not today, Jesus. <laughs> We're too busy doing what we've always done. We're too busy adhering to the law. We're too busy uh, keeping up with our traditions. We're too busy doing these things that we know that, um, that we've been told over the years that this is what we should be doing. Now, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, please open the door. And Jesus is saying to us, let love in. We've talked about this before, that religion is cold. And love is warm, isn't it? The very love of Christ is warm. Verse 11 and 12. It shouldn't even be a question back in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus heals the man. He gives him hope and a future. And instead of being pleased for him, they leave that place plotting to kill Jesus. My mind boggles. 
I cannot grasp or understand why they would possibly do that. But I would challenge us this morning wholeheartedly to not get bogged down in any form of religion or tradition or things that we've always done, but rather to remember that we are here to love. We're here to serve. And we're here to give and to show the love that God has shown to us. Aubrey pointed out this morning, uh, John 3.16, that God so loved the world he gave. And that's our challenge. That's our push. That's the pursuit that we should be on. That because God first loved us, because Christ loved me enough to take my place on the cross, that I can live this life for him and I can love those that may not be that lovable. Because not everybody is, are they? And we all have different opinions and viewpoints. But the truth is that the Word of God tells us to love our neighbor as ourself. And that does not just mean Bob next door. That means everybody that we love and we show and we serve as Christ has loved and he served us. Amen? And we remember this morning that we are here because he first loved us. I'm going to put a media on, or Alistair's going to put a media on. Have a listen to the words, and then we'll pray. There I was on death row first degree Son of God hanging on him Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting crucify Could have come from these lips of mine The dirty shame was killing me It would take a miracle Wash me clean Then I
This morning, we just want to thank you and praise you that we, as we put our faith and our trust in you, that, Father, we are free. And, Lord, we just want to lift your name high. And we pray, Father God, that you might just help us not to get bogged down in religion or tradition, but, Father, to live out this life for you, knowing that you have loved us, that you've given your very best for us. Father, help us to serve you wholeheartedly, to step out in love and in faith. And we just pray, Lord God, that you'll continue to just strengthen us as your church. Father, bless us as individuals and as families, Lord God, and as a church together. We just lift your name high this morning. We praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.